Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Let's go back to 2 Peter 1. And it says this, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Okay. I'm going to read that again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. So grace and peace. Who needs a little more grace? A little more peace. Okay. Who would like that? Not just a little more, but it multiplied. Yeah. Multiplication is better than addition. It's, it's, that's different, right? I'm not really good at math. But here's the thing. Look at what it says. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the what? Okay, and remember from last week, this is a knowledge that's not head knowledge. This is a knowledge that's a revealed knowledge. It's wisdom. It's revelation. It's when the truth opens up in your heart and it just changes you. It, 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 it's an understanding. I used last week that the example illustration of a candle. You could read what it smells like and say, I know what it smells like. But until you actually smell it, you don't really know. And that's what this is referring to. So grace and peace will be multiplied to us in the revelation of God. Isn't that amazing? Like that's, that's one of the biggest things that will be revealed to us as we search him out, as, as, as we determine to, to learn more about him, but to do the things as disciples that will help this knowledge become true knowledge. And that is what's going to be multiplied in our lives. That's a good starting place. And then he says, as his divine power has given to us all things, all things, his power that pertain to what? Life and godliness. Who needs a little more life? A little more godliness, reverence, all. A life that lives in a way that is reverent towards its creator. A life that is so aware of God in all circumstances. A life that is submitted because of the goodness and the power of God. And you see, the more that's revealed about him, the more of that effect will be lived out. And so, again, he says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. The Bible is full of these promises. The promises over our lives, the promises given by the creator himself, God the Father, through Jesus Christ, there are promises over our lives. And these promises are meant to be the fuel for our discipleship, for our walk, for our purpose. You see, they are there to help us, to aid us, but to give us a knowledge that says, even though I may feel weak, I am strong. Even though I may be fearful, I can be courageous in the Lord. Even though I may feel disqualified, I am qualified in the Lord. Even though I may feel unforgiven, I am forgiven in the Lord. See, it's, it's, it's over and over and over again. And see, we need the revealed knowledge of Jesus within us, God the Father in us, to keep us going because we can grow stagnant in our walk. Amen? 
that through these you may be, may be partakers of the divine natures. That word partakers means sharers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, God shares his nature. Just think about it, any image right now that you have of God himself up there in heaven. Any, any picture you have of that, the God that you see that has created all that you see. He loves us so much that in Christ, he says, you can share in my nature. That's not just worship it, but share in it through the Holy Spirit. That perfect nature, the loving nature, the graceful nature, the courageous nature, the righteous nature. It's a sharing in it. But you have to know what you're sharing in, right? If, if like, you know, if I said, all right, you're going you're gonna to share in my nature, Ed. <laughs> Scary prospect, but you would need to know a little bit more about me, right? To know what you're getting yourself into, right? Like you're, you're really going to act as I act, be as I be throughout the week. You would be, okay, well, okay, well, what am I getting into here? What does that mean? Well, I got to teach you how I think. I got to teach you how I act. I got to teach you, you know, how I view situations. I got to teach you how I hear. I got to teach you all these things. But importantly, most importantly, you got to know kind of who I am, right? Like who I am. Because it's not enough just to say the things I say, but they have, they have to come from a true place. You know, and as an actor, you know, I was an actor for many years. And anytime that you, you had a character that was given to you to play in a play, you would have to do some serious research and studying to figure out who is this character. Because you wanted everything to come from a real place. You wanted to really exude their nature. Because acting is not something you want to actually be caught doing because then it's, you're a bad actor. You want people to believe it. And it's the same thing. And so our studying, our, our, our seeking the knowledge is great. But more importantly, we need the spirit in us that says, here's my thoughts. Here's who I am. Here's how I operate. Now, this is how you share because I'm actually in you. Old things have passed away. New things have come. Why? Because now you have the nature of God in you through the Holy Spirit, the helper, the third person of the Trinity. That we sometimes kind of shy away from. And we keep it out there. But it's like, uh uh-uh. It's one of the most important aspects of being a believer is that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And he did not stop operating when the Bible was finished. He is in us to give us his nature. So that we can walk and understand. But we have a responsibility in that. So... Here's some things about the nature of God that we need to understand. If You have to know what you're getting into, because who would like to share in the nature of God just a little more in their lives? Yeah, some of us. Well, you need to know what that means. And so scripture reveals, points to who God is. It tells you who God is. So that we have a good understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, but to share in the nature of our Father. And so I want to read to you Hebrews 12, 28. Here, here's, here's one description. 
Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. What creates that? For our God is a consuming fire. For our, let's say that together. For our God is a consuming fire. Is that a statement of nature, of his nature? You better believe it is. A consuming fire, meaning the more we begin to have his nature revealed, we are going to realize the awe-inspiring nature of him, and that is he is, just, he is a consuming fire. Anyone have a visual in your mind of what a consuming fire looks like? I mean, there's fires raging right now in California. It consumes everything. Our God consumes everything that is not of him. He consumes sin. He consumes all that is not of him and his kingdom. That's just who he is. He is a consuming fire. Now, if this revelation of him isn't growing, then we're not getting the revelation of him. If we don't understand that as we come before the Lord and as we seek to learn more and more of him, we start to understand how magnificent his nature is and how holy he is, how righteous he is, but more importantly, how good he is, how God is love. His love consumes all that is not love, his grace and mercy gives us the ability to stay safe. He consumes anything outside of us claiming Jesus as our security. You know that? Anything of man, any works of man are burned up in the consuming fire. And our position is safe and secure in Jesus. So the more the Bible reveals about God's nature, the more it reveals about Jesus, the more it reveals about the new covenant, the more it reveals about us being cleansed by his blood, because in and of itself, we cannot stand before the Lord. We would be consumed. Consuming fire. Yes, it's bad news for many, but also fire serves a good purpose too, right? It's a purifier. It's a refiner. God, as he reveals his nature, the consuming fire nature of him will actually purify us because it will start to reveal what parts of us need to be burned off. Anyone have some stuff you know just needs to be consumed a little bit? So the presence of God, the revelation of God will always reveal his goodness and mercy and grace. And why does it reveal it? Because we realize how much we need it. It's both. Look at uh, Malachi 3.2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like what? A refiner's fire and a purifier and and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. See, this is the nature of God. This is the nature of Christ. This is his purpose. This is how he acts He doesn't act any differently. This is who he is. 
And it says, he will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver and they, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So there's a ton to unpack here. I can't unpack it all. But if you read the first two chapters of Malachi, you realize it's a word against the priesthood because it had become corrupt. Their worship was not pure. And so what God is saying here through Malachi, is that Jesus Christ, as Jesus comes, as the new covenant comes, what's going to happen is the sons of Levi, this priesthood, this corrupt priesthood, would be purified so that they may offer what? An offering of righteousness, because it's all that we can offer. It burns away all that is not of him. And whether we know it or not, we can become corrupt in our walk, thinking that we're doing what is needed, but it's actually not. We, can become, we are corrupted because sin still has its claws in us at some level that we're not even aware. But if we're not seeking the presence of God, if we're not seeking the nature of God, those things cannot be burned off because he only burns as bright as we allow him to. Because there's a whole other verse that talks about Don't quench. Don't quench the spirit. Don't put out that fire. So we can either stoke the fire or quench it. That's a big thing. Think about it because we have free will. As disciples, we have to know, like, you know, our our, our job, what God has for us is that we be conformed to the image of his son. So we need to know what that looks like. And the more that we diligently pursue him, which we'll see in a second, the more knowledge we gain. True knowledge we gain. So I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 3.9. This is all good news, by the way. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, on the gospel, on the foundation of Jesus. Crucified. Raised again. So that we could have eternal life. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which I laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, the day that we stand before him, each of us will declare it. Because it will be revealed by what? Because it's who God is. It's who he is. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. This is an aspect of heaven that is very real. We are rewarded for our works. We are. Now, we take those rewards and we give them to the king. But we are rewarded. He doesn't have to, but he does. But what does this say? He will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet yet through the fire. Meaning, I'd rather know my motivations now, instead of standing before him and realize everything I thought I was doing for him, I was not doing for him. And I'm just like, I got nothing. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. But I have nothing. (laughs) Because 
the consuming fire of God reveals everything. So do you see how important it is that we as disciples pursue him so that we know as we're living, we are so in line with him? Because his consuming fire can purify us now. I don't want to wait till I'm dead and standing before him. I want to be pursuing him now. I want to be adding to my faith now. I want to be seeking his nature now and understanding more now. I don't want to rest on the knowledge that I have, but I want to live from a revealed knowledge of who he is. Because it could happen. It could happen to individuals. It could happen to churches. I just want to read you one more thing, Revelation 2.2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. This is the church of Ephesus, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Man, does this sound like a church on fire. Nevertheless, I have this against you. The consuming fire of God is now speaking. The consuming fire nature of God is now speaking. I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. It's a very similar scene to what we just read in 1 Corinthians. As we stand before him, he's like, "Ah, all that stuff, uh uh-uh. He's speaking to a church now saying, you're doing a lot of work, but you've really lost the knowledge of me. Because if you, if you had the knowledge of me, your love would increase. You wouldn't leave it. The love for God should always increase as he is revealed because God is love. His nature overwhelms us. It's a healthy fear. It's a good fear. So do you see, we have to understand what's our goal. Our goal always has to be seeking the nature of God, seeking the revelation of him. And I'm going to show you in just a second, he gives us a real kind of a roadmap on how to do this. They don't leave us as stranded. So, 2 Peter 1.5 says this, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Let's, I'll say that together. All diligence. Not some diligence. All diligence. Diligence means speed, haste, earnestness, striving after anything. It's, like, it's, it's a good thing. So he's saying, given all, this, all these precious promises, all this that I just spoke, that in the knowledge of him, that your grace and mercy is multiplied, that you understand what is available to you, that you understand that you can participate in the divine nature, that this is what your life has in front of it and over it right now. So for this very reason, give all focus. That doesn't leave much room for anything else, does it? You could give all diligence in everything that you do. It's not just in your room. It's not just at church. It's not just in your little quiet time. This is your life is dedicated to stoking this fire. Because that's what we're going to see is that 
the revelation of God as a consuming fire. He is what he is. Our ability to begin to take in one portion and then the bigger portion and then the bigger portion is really on us. He's not changed. He's just there. It's no different than trying to get to know somebody. You could get to know somebody on a surface level and be totally okay with that. But then there's some you want to know on a deeper level, right? It's the same thing. And so, I want to give to you an idea right now. Understanding that God and his nature of a consuming fire, being a fire, being a refiner's fire, and that fire is a good thing. It consumes all things that are not of him. That fire and revelation of it can continue to grow as we seek him. It, it just does. I'm going to show you just a second. But sometimes we're too busy stoking other fires, right? We are. We're, we're, we're too busy adding to this fire because we want this thing to burn a lot brighter. Because that gives us a sense of security. And that gives us a sense of identity. And that gives us a sense of this. Or this and it, but, but the thing is, there's no life in this fire at all. And so what he says... 2 Peter 1.5b, and I'm going to grab some wood here. Some wood. <laughs> so imagine building a fire, right? I love, anyone love survival shows? Yeah, I love uh, Alone is one of my favorite ones. When they drop 10 people off in separate places in the wilderness, and whoever survives the longest wins $500,000. It's brutal. But the most important aspect to their survival is what? Fire. Fire. That's one of their first goals is to find a site, camps. I don't know anything about camping, so forgive me. <laughs> but they find a place that they can sleep. But then they, they do their best to make a fire. And so we as believers... As we receive Jesus, there's a certain amount of knowledge of him that has touched our heart, right? He has called you into his light, and you receive that. And so let's say, like, you know, you, you started, you know, your fire, and it's a small fire, and that'll burn. But what happens after a while? What? Right. Watching these, these, these survival shows, you realize that so much of their time is spent keeping that fire alive, either throwing what they have in it or going to find more fuel. It's because it's their life source. They can't neglect this. But yet we do. We, we're kind of okay with this warmth, right? But yet this thing dies out. And we kind of are totally okay with that because we don't know to expect anything differently. And you just kind of feel like the same, but yet you have your faith, but yet internally you're like, but nothing's really changed. But we haven't done anything to stoke this thing, to, to add fuel to this thing. So, like we have, so if you're, if you're going to keep this alive, you have to say, okay, i got to go find some fuel for this. And so here's some fuel. First of all, it says add to your faith, virtue. You want to keep this thing going? Add to your faith, virtue. That's moral goodness and excellence. Where do we get the guidelines for moral goodness? Right, so don't just read it. Do it. 
Moral, good, add to your faith, add to your belief, action. These are all matters of the heart. You have to read it with intentionality saying, Lord, show me what needs to be burned up. Show me what needs to be burned up right now. And I will do it. I'm not going to make excuses for it because I don't want that fire to die. So here is my moral goodness. Yes. Boom. But that's not just enough because after a while, what's going to happen? Because there's other aspects of your walk that you need. So sometimes we're cool with that. All right, I gave up this and I gave up that. I'm good. You're not good. This will slowly fizzle. So he says, add to your virtue what? Knowledge. This is the head knowledge. This is reading the Bible. This is reading devotionals. This is getting into the word of God to understand more and more of this picture and of his kingdom. So you could be all straight and narrow in terms of your moral goodness, but you're not even checking in with his word. So it's not one or the other. It's all these things. So you say, all right, I got to, I got to add knowledge. So I've, Lord, okay, I got to get in your word more. It's my life source. So, so you start reading more and more. You get in his word more and more, but don't just sit there. This thing's going to fizzle. Well, doesn't it count just listening to Russ? No. That's a small aspect. You're going to forget all of what I said in about 15 minutes after this is done. Go back. What's he say? Oh, what? Self-control? You don't ever stop with that. I'm done with self-control. But some of you may be. Some of you don't even realize. Again, along what lines are you exercising self-control? I mean, you have to find the guidelines in the word of God. So it's like, Lord, I got this going on over here, but I'm lacking in self-control all over here. See, but his presence, see what's happening with each of these, what we're going to see is his knowledge is growing. The revelation of who he is, is growing. With each of these, that fire grows and continues to burn. And so grace and mercy be multiplied to you in the knowledge and the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And as that grows, all right, Lord, I want to exercise self-control for you. I, I want more of you. So here's my self-control. And at any given time, there may be different aspects that you need to put in the, you see the fire. Watch what this says. Perseverance. Who's ever just said, I'm done. I am done. I give up. I'm going back to my old ways of thinking. I'm going back to feeling sorry for myself. I'm going back to being angry. I'm going back to being unforgiving. I'm going back. I'm going back, right? Your fire needs you to persevere. So you add perseverance. Like, all right, Lord, I'm not as much as I want to. I, 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 all right, I'm going to persevere. It burns. The knowledge of God grows. And then it says, I ran out of wood, so I'm using the same piece. (laughs) Godliness, reverence, and respect. Guess what grows as the knowledge of him grows? Reverence. But you have to choose it. Reverence isn't how you behave in church. Reverence is how you behave every day of your life. And you add reverence. 
And then brotherly kindness. Wow, that's a toughie. I don't want to be nice. He doesn't deserve it. I don't want to, but you're saying do it. Okay. Fire. Oh my gosh, I get I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then he says, love. I don't want to love. I don't want to love. I don't want to love. But I'm going to love. These are not in ascending order. These are just what you need to add to your faith. You need to continue to add these things. This is what it is to be a disciple. But the benefit is this. And uh, it says this. For if these things are yours and abound, meaning you're constantly just fueling this fire, if they're abounding, if they're a constant in your life, this is what happens. You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the epinosis, the revealed knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a promise. You are not going to be barren or empty or unfruitful in the revelation of God. And some of you, I dare say, have been a little barren. I don't know who you are, but maybe you got to start stoking and building and fueling this fire again. Because the promise is he will be revealed. Because this is what happens when you forget. When the fire dies, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and watch and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You have forgotten the grace and the mercy of God. You have forgotten that his cleansing is permanent and that you're a son of God, a daughter of God. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that your days have been laid before you by your creator to walk in purpose, serving him. You have forgotten the basic fundamental knowledge, which is ultimately the hope for us all. That Jesus loves you and you are forgiven because of his sacrifice and your belief in him and there is no greater gift and the magnitude of that gift should only grow as we grow in the knowledge of him how's your fire because we can only take in a little bits and pieces of his consuming fire it's too magnet it's too awesome it's too much but man As it grows, it begins to consume you in a good way. So are you consumed with the things of this earth? Or has God consumed you at some level? Because who who gets consumed with things? We all know what that feels like. When you're consumed, it affects every part of you. Your mind, your emotions, your sleep, your awake. But see, God can begin to do that. It's who he is. But see, again, we are feeding that fire. So I want you all to take these verses home. These 2 Peter 1, 1 through whatever, 9. And look at this list. It's a list. Think, who likes lists? But you, please don't scratch it out when you're done. <laughs> done with that. Got my knowledge on. Make it an erasable. You could do a pencil, but then you realize, now nah, I got to do that again later. Make it a list that is constant. Because I'm telling you all, God didn't make it confusing and hard to be his follower. 
black and white, plain as day. Here are the things to do so that you know more and more who God is. Question is, do you want it? Like Angela said, are you willing to die with him? Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Lord, for, for your nature, Jesus. I mean, though we talk about it, Lord, I know all of us need a, a, a brighter glimpse, a clearer bl- a glimpse, Lord Jesus. Jesus, I pray that as we were convicted today, that we develop, all of us, Lord, a mindset of perseverance, because that's what this takes. Lord, to go and to do. And as we do, Lord, man, we are filled with your goodness and your awesome nature. And Lord, I thank you for everyone here today, that they were brought here today to hear this word, to reinvigorate their walk, Lord, to come in touch again, to come into the light of your goodness and mercy, Lord, so that they could be overwhelmed again by how good you are, how awesome you are, how powerful you are. Lord, thank you for the gift of forgiveness because we do not have a chance to stand before you without the blood of Jesus. There's not one thing we can bring to the table except the blood of Christ. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for your patience, faithfulness. Help us all go now, Lord, seeing the world a little differently, seeing us, ourselves, a little differently. And Lord, we give you our lives as a living sacrifice for you are worthy of all. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's Russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.